Good morning, everyone. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Chilowitz. It's This Week in XR, September 3rd, 2021. Uh, we have with us a very special guest this morning, Ori Inbar, who is the CEO of AWE and uh, has been a great friend to me as I started to write about the business uh, over six years ago. Uh, so thanks again for that, Ori, and thanks for jumping on with us this morning. It's awesome to be here with you guys. Good to see you, everybody. Yeah, so Ori this, I, Ori, this, Ori this is our... Sorry, Ted, go ahead. Okay. I said, Ori has been a, a good friend to us and to the movement uh, and to the understanding of where we're all headed. As for those that might be watching the video part of this podcast, you can see his museum of XR behind him, just like I have mine behind me. Uh, and um, we uh, are, you know, we, we've been longtime uh, participants and speakers at AWE and uh, look forward to whatever happens this November. I guess we still have to see, but it's all coming together, I guess. Absolutely. It's happening. That's all I can say at this point. It's happening and it's in person. I will be there. I will be there for my seventh AWE. Isn't that amazing? I am planning on being there as well. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, I started teaching this week uh, and everybody is super masked up. You're supposed to mask while you're lecturing, even if you're socially distant. I mean, and people are you know, very uh, much leaning into this. So uh, I thought that was uh, interesting. Uh, happy to be back in the real though. It's much easier to lecture when you can make eye contact with people, sure. um, you know, as opposed to speaking into the void, although apparently I'm very good at speaking into the void as <laughs> we're right now. So it being Labor Day weekend, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of news this week. There were a bunch of product launches and app launches and so forth. Uh, but the big news, of course, was, uh, you know, rumors started on Friday and were confirmed on Monday that ByteDance had bought uh, Pico, which is a VR headset maker, the number three in the world, um, with uh, Sony, PlayStation, and Oculus Quest ahead of it, and uh, HTC a bit behind. So there are a lot of players in this field, um, but Pico significantly is leader in the Chinese consumer headset market for at least untethered um, VR headsets. And it also has been making inroads in the US more slowly perhaps uh, in the enterprise sector because it can be managed uh, like any device on a corporate network. Uh, Facebook is catching up there. So uh, I don't wanna completely dismiss their competition, um, but the Pico is a well-regarded headset stuffed with features. It's more expensive than the Oculus Quest, but it is a much more substantial piece of hardware, in, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, it's got eye tracking. I mean, it's it, it, it's really nice. So and, anyway, and of course, what's significant here is one big social media company acquires VR and clearly has committed to this idea that VR will be social and multiplayer. And it seems like TikTok is saying the same thing. Right. When you look at ByteDance, uh, you know, who owns TikTok yeah. as a giant presence in the social media sphere these days, you know, albeit sort of popping up much, much quicker than Facebook has, but completely dominating uh, cultural you know, relevance now for, for a certain sector of youth. Um, and the fact that they recognize what Facebook had recognized. Now you have two companies that largely have the same goal sets, right, of grabbing people's attention, putting them inside these social connected worlds, uh, both making a play to 
live inside something beyond a traditional screen. And that is, that is relevant for us. What, what do you make of it, Ori? I think that it's, uh, it's huge. Uh, and, and you know, if you look at the social media market, none of them is able to ignore AR or VR at this point. Every single one of them has either you know, delivered products or made acquisitions. And another one that happened recently is Discord acquiring Ubiquity 6, which is another uh, huge development we, which we're not talking about enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think at this point, uh, it's, uh, it's what users are expecting when they're, inter when they're communicating with each other. Uh, and those players are recognizing that it's, it's going to be a key driver for their future growth. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously, we don't know as much about ByteDance as we know about Facebook. And also Facebook, of course, Mark Zuckerberg has been very vocal about VR. Uh, and they talk about AR all the time as well, but we haven't gotten that same, you know, there, is there a Mark Zuckerberg over there at ByteDance we should be listening to? It's a really good question. It's a, I guess we'll, we'll see what comes of this over the next few months. And, you know, you mentioned AR, or you are obviously very, very bullish on mixed reality in all of its forms. Uh, so you must have an opinion on where you believe both Facebook is going now, what ByteDance might be doing and others in the space around what is beyond the form factor of the headset that's selling in, in a commercial vein, um, much to the tune of some of the prototype devices that you have behind you there that you and I, Charlie, spend a good amount of time inside these things, trying to glean out what might be coming next, right? Where is it actually really going beyond just the cover your face with a box concept? Um, so I think you probably have lots of opinions on that. I do, yeah. Um, I guess, you know, first uh, observation is that uh, initially when you look at some of the, the social VR tools out there, uh, they've been a bit more advanced than, than kind of social collaboration with AR. And that's just because it's, it's a little easier uh, to do in VR. Um, but I think, you know, the ultimate goal is for us to, to stay in our real world and be, and, and be able to collaborate with other people remotely so it's going to be some some form of combination of, of VR and, and AR. And, and you already see some of that in workrooms, right? Where some of the real world kind of peeps into the, the virtual world and allows us to, to still be connected to what we're doing in the real world. Yes. Although I have yeah. a lot of uh, reservations about uh, kind of their Facebook's approach in, in a sense that, um, you know, uh, the whole idea with spatial computing is that we want to start doing things that are not possible to do in front of a laptop or, or to the computer. Uh, so I would always look for, for those kind of new things that you, you, you can't do. Uh, whereas, you know, continuing to write on your keyboard and, and kind of interacting with a 2D screen is kind of defying some of that purpose. So, mm -hmm. so I think we're still seeing a lot of skeuomorphism, you know, where some of the old uh, user experience yeah. uh, techniques from from 2D computing is being adopted for 3D. And sometimes, you know, it helps with the adoption of new technology, but for the most part, um, it's kind of, again, defying the purpose of why we're even doing spatial computing. Right, for, for those that might not be aware of what Ori is talking about is the idea that in the, the Facebook system, the, the Horizons workspace system, you can park your laptop on your desk and it will map it map the keyboard, see the actual laptop screen, it will link to the laptop screen. And the resolution of the Quest 2 is actually good enough that it's actually a pretty good experience. 
There's an interesting yin and yang there because I actually think that, and you mentioned it, it is a way to onboard people because if you look at like a lot of the gaming experiences in VR, they have a metaphor to something you do in the real world, right? There's bowling, there's golf, there's, you know, shooting things, there's archery, there's things that essentially map into a simulation world. And then from there, there are more experimental things that like stuff you couldn't do uh, yourself, like go to Mars and, and you know, experience anti-gravity and things like that. But very much things start with the idea of, I would do this in the real world if I had blank, blank, and blank. And since I can simulate it, I can do it better. There's a lot of workout uh, experiences that allow you to you know, do boxing and training in virtual reality now. So it's interesting to get both you and Charlie's perspective on that from, from my standpoint. Yeah, I mean, listen, adding the, the access to the keyboard is something that you know we have experienced. We, we use spatial for our team meetings. And uh, one of the big complaints of the team is that they cannot take notes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, having a keyboard is, of course, helpful. But, you know, having all these floating screens, uh, so, you know, kind of taking your laptop screen and extending it to multiple floating screens right now, what's the point of that? Let, let's try to, to make it spatial so that it adds more value than just looking at screens. Yeah, I agree. Um, interesting that, uh, I mean, Facebook and investing in Oculus at this point, what, seven years ago? six years ago, um, you know, is really taking a long view in this investment. Very much so. Right? They've sunk billions of dollars. They continue every year to put hundreds of millions of dollars into it, if not billions. 20% of their engineering staff is working on spatial computing. Uh, so one of the things that you have to be impressed by is Facebook's commitment. I mean, you guys have worked it, it, you know how big companies work, Ted, right? I mean, nobody is there for six years. No strategy is sustainable for six years, particularly at that level of investment. And in fact, I'm not sure Google would have the nerve to do what Facebook is doing. Right. I mean, they have discontinued a bunch of products already in the space. Yeah, they, so. Google seems to be throwing XR overboard at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but so, you, so, so I guess I don't know. Is do you think ByteDance has the will as the to do what Facebook is doing? Yeah, that's a good question. My my instinct is probably not to the robustness and the and the stick to itiveness of, of Facebook. Right? They they will likely take on the uh, this is a moment shiny object and they'll find their way. I think you're right. I think you know for all the cr critique that we can find around Facebook and the various challenges that, of a company that has grown so large and been so dominant in so many ways, their deep and long commitment to the idea of this is something that's really impressive. And I guess whether they had the foresight to realize it or not, the fact that they call their product Horizons um, is pretty interesting because yeah. <laughs> it is the horizon that they're constantly working towards, right? It doesn't really even fully exist today. It only fully exists in pieces and parts, right? This kind of infancy stage that we often, you and I talk about, takes a 10-year period to find really, you know, true adoption and true change in the use case. Um, but the three of us do spatial meetings as well as Zoom and FaceTime and, and Microsoft team meetings in tandem, right? So we're kind of the early adopters of those horizons because uh, I do that. I, I was actually curious, Ori, if you've done uh, the Microsoft Mesh sessions where we talk about mixed reality because I've done a few of those with some of my friends at Microsoft. And while they're still using like the alt space level um, cartoon character avatars, 
the idea of it living in a true mixed reality see-through world as opposed to a pass-through VR headset world is remarkably special to me. Like it's really interesting when you feel like you're in your world and you've brought other people into your living room or your workspace uh, and you can share things and, and it feels different than the VR thing. So I think the horizon of what Facebook may be doing with mixed reality uh, could you know lead us there as well? Just because yeah, I really that. like some of the demos I've seen of Mesh. I didn't have a chance to actually participate in a real meeting there, so looking forward to. We should to do a session that. together because it's really interesting. You, you will find it interesting. Yeah, but it, but it's you're right. I mean, the Microsoft Vision in that regard has been, uh, I think, more advanced in many ways. I mean, if you look at some of the work from Microsoft Research from I think like six or maybe seven years ago, they already had this idea of you know I'm I'm at work. I'm a daddy and I can connect with my daughter at home as if we're in the same room. They, no, nobody thought at that point that it will have to be in reverse where you're actually at home and interacting with people at work. <laughs> it's kind of the reverse. But uh, I think the, the idea that you, know, you want to integrate virtual content and real environments around you uh, is something that is probably going to drive uh, this, this kind of interaction in the future. So Ori, uh, we, we try and keep the podcast to a half an hour, and I want to pivot now um, to your work and in particular to AWE in the real, which is coming up in seven weeks. I can't tell you how excited I am about that. What are the emerging themes you think we'll be talking about uh, at uh, AWE this uh, fall? Well, first, you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of excitement around just the idea that after almost two years, we'll get together in person for the first time. And as much as we're all kind of, like you said, Ted, early adopters of uh, virtual interactions and remote collaboration, nothing beats in person. So, uh, so we see a lot of excitement there. Uh, we have you know, already 300 speakers uh, lined up, uh, some of the, the best uh, folks around uh, the industry. And uh, about 200 exhibitors will be there in person which wow. will be, again, first time after almost two years that we'll- How many exhibitors did you have in 2019? Uh, it was an, uh, about 250. So I think uh, because uh, many international companies yeah, not travel, we, we may lose some of those. But you know, for every, every European or Asian company that uh, has restrictions to travel, we have a new company that is born in the US that is eager to, to come and show themselves to the community. So are you gonna be live streaming it so international people can see it live? Certainly, I mean, there will definitely be a, it'll be a hybrid event. So there will be a virtual component. Um, and uh, in fact, a lot of the content that will be captured from these 300 speakers uh, is planned to be streamed over a period of time. So, I mean, we've been looking at, at this idea that how to extend the benefits of the in-person event throughout the entire year, because there's so much work that goes into those events from, of course, from our team, but also from exhibitors and speakers. And, and then it's poof, it disappears after those three days. So, uh, so we're kind of working on a new platform that will enable to have kind of an always on action in the XR community for uh, watching content, for networking, for doing you know, smart matchmaking between uh, people in the industry, whether they're you know, uh, advanced or, or newbies. So, so that's, that's kind of uh, one of the big things. Um, the, the other thing is that uh, I think you know, in 2020, it felt like this industry has entered the mainstream. You could say you know, it's just 
about to enter or it's already entered or it's already there. Um, but, but I think that will be kind of uh, reflecting in the event. Uh, it's not gonna be about you know, people talking about ideas and concepts so much, but actually customers, uh, real end users, talking about how they're adopting it and how they're improving their businesses uh, across the board, across you know, maybe 20 different industries. So in that sense, I think it's, it's, a, it's a huge uh, change from what we've seen since 2019. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, when it comes to content creation, I think we're at a point where there are millions of creators in, in AR and VR out there. Uh, so we, we're trying to kind of give a stage to those people so that more and more people can actually join. And the friction or the kind of the onboarding that typically uh, takes quite a bit of time to get into this world will be shortened significantly. And eventually, you know, everyone out there will be able to participate in creation and, and, and consuming of content. Do you, or do you want to use this moment, this platform, as it were, to talk about how you're going to um, institute some safety protocols and things around uh, protecting people in a, in a large scale gathering like this? Because I think a lot of people are probably uh, have a lot of desire to go to the event, but are a little nervous about, you know, how, how everybody's going to stay safe. For sure, yeah. I mean, that's uh, very high on our on our priority list um, to make sure that everybody feels safe. So it's, uh, I mean, of course, we're we're following the U.S. Uh, health guidelines, but it looks at this point that uh, will require people to be vaccinated or at least have a a test in the last few hours. Uh, I guess forty eight or seventy two hours, and we're probably going to have to wear masks, which sucks. But uh, that's, I think. Uh, inevitable at this point. So unless you're on stage in front of a video, you're probably going to have to wear a mask when you talk to people. Uh, but I think, again, just getting in the same room with all these you know, smart people, the thought leaders, the people that implement it, people that are uh, innovating with, with new technologies, hardware and software, it's just going to be incredible to be in the same room with these people and, and hear their thoughts. Yeah, I just wonder, was uh, just to get back to the question, uh, that I asked, I mean, are we going to be talking about remote work? Are we going to be talking about AI and convergence? You know, which, which of the, you know, categories do you think will be uh, highlighted and, and generate the most interest? Yeah, well, you know, as, as you know, AW has always tried to accommodate the entire ecosystem, you know, again, from hardware to software, from component providers to solution providers, and again, end users, creators, developers, so we're trying to, we've created uh, eight tracks uh, that should um, provide interesting content and interesting speakers for, for anyone in this industry. And yes, like I said, you know, remote collaboration, training, uh, is, and, and remote assistance will probably be some of the, the biggest topics. Um, but if you look at, you know, we looked at uh, kind of our, uh, uh, the incredible number of submissions of talks that we've received and kind of try to see where's the, you know, where are most of the submissions right. happening? Um, E-commerce, retail, advertising are, of course, huge right now. Again, it's another area where I don't think there's a, a retailer or e-commerce provider that can ignore AR technologies. And, and also those who are creating the tools to make it easier for them to adopt it uh, are, are going to be there uh, as kind of a big highlight. Uh, AI and XR, like you said, I mean, We've said that many times again, uh, over and over again, that um, these two technologies will be 
um, tied to the hip. And, and, and in the future, maybe we-, we Yeah, along with computer, say, computer vision, object recognition, machine learning, right? It's all converging. Uh, and, and the one thing we don't know is the final form factor. That's true, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, so these, you know, uh, many uh, technology-oriented talks and sessions and, and exhibitors uh, will, will show a lot of AI being integrated into XR just to make it better, uh, to make the experience better, to make it smarter. Yeah, uh, and more uh, basically, you know, teaching computers to understand the real world in a better way than they have been able to before. Charlie, when you talk about form factor, this is one I would like to love to get Lori's take on. I am firmly convinced there is not one form factor for mixed reality that will lead all. Uh, I am wholly convinced that we'll take the same track as compute and screens have taken, where we have you know, in a typical modern working and social environment person, they have five or six different screens and different screen technology and use cases in their daily lives, right? They have their mobile screen, potentially they have their wearable watch style screen, they have their laptop and tablet screen, uh, they have their desktop screen, and they have their what I'll call living room entertainment screen. They're all born of the same technology based base line, right? Uh, some sort of advanced pixel screen, uh, but have different use cases and different form factors. Um, do you think that the track will live almost exactly mirrored to that in mixed reality, where you'll have different devices, and there will be a, of such a cost-effective nature that you can have different devices, wearable devices, that some will be more entertainment and fully immersive oriented, some will be more light touch, literally wear on the street and be comfortable and fashionable. Um, do, you have a, do you have a sense of that? Because... Clearly, I have some opinions on that, but you, you do this yeah. more than I do. So. so, so my take, you know, since, since I started kind of uh, writing uh, about the, the future of, you know, especially smart glasses, uh, I think it became clear that uh, you're not going to have initially one device that does it all. It takes quite a bit of time, you know, a few cycles in a, in a new way, technology wave until you reach that point. So initially, I think it's going to be, uh, you're, you're going to use it for certain tasks. So, you know, at work, you may use your device that is really geared specifically for the task at hand. And maybe at home, you know, whether it's for entertainment or for talking with friends, uh, it may be a different device. So, so I agree. I mean, it's going to be uh, a collection of different things. Uh, I mean, maybe, you know, people like, like us will have, you know, a, a wall of devices that, <laughs> that you may use for different things. Most people will have probably just, you know, one or two initially uh, that they use for, again, maybe work and, and, uh, and at home. Um, and again, it's not gonna be a device that you wear all day. I think that's, that's pretty clear. It, that's gonna take quite a bit of time until the transition from, you know, from the mobile device, from our laptops, from our, our TV screen will, will move into kind of one uh, unified uh, media device. Mm. Agree. Uh, well, we're headed toward the end of our half hour. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about, Ori? Um, I, AWE is doing a lot of stuff that is not the AWE conference, as you mentioned. Uh, you guys have a rapidly developing education program that I've uh, been delighted to be involved with. Uh, what are the other initiatives that AWE is pursuing? Uh, I think AWE Nights, right, is another thing. That's right. Yeah. So, so today, you know, especially uh, with the acceleration driven by the pandemic, uh, we've started to offer more things um, that are 
possible to, to uh, experience online. So uh, yeah, the AW Academy was launched this January. Uh, we have uh, a bunch of courses that are out there for XR professionals. So not, not just for the technical folks like you, you see out there, but for uh, you know, XR managers at corporations, which by the way, is a new title that we're starting to see. Wow. And that's, that's <laughs> a demonstration of, of the adoption among Fortune 1000 companies and, and small and medium business side, businesses. Um, so that's, that's definitely uh, a big part of it. Um, where else were we we're going with this? Um, about a AWE Knights, Charlie, you mentioned that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Academy, <laughs> the, the AWE Academy is kind of a big part of it in the sense that uh, we're allowing people to, to learn uh, a new skill to uh, kind of close some of the gaps that businesses and uh, professionals have out there. Uh, and also the, the on-nights. On-nights are meetups that, uh, you know, I started the first meetup in 2008, which was probably the first AR meetup in New York City. And since then, uh, we have grown to today about 24 cities around the world that are meeting on a regular basis, now mostly online. So it's actually enabling people from around the world and also speakers from, from around the world to be able to participate in those meetups. And, and that's kind of part of our incredible archive of uh, videos of talks and meetups that we have on our YouTube channel. Uh, probably the largest collection of videos out there with over 2000 videos. So we're kind of trying to, uh, uh, you know, find some of those hidden gems in the, in the, the database or the, the YouTube uh, channel from the past years and make it more accessible to people out there. So that's another big uh, focus. And, and also we started to put more focus on uh, just content in general. Um, of course, you know, we have the, the, the Spatial uh, Weekly, which is a newsletter we, we send every Friday. Um, but we're also starting to aggregate content from uh, different uh, uh, people that are right that write cool stuff in this industry and podcasts. Actually, would love to feature your podcast in the future once we have kind of that on always on platform uh, up up and running. And so, people, it's awe.org, right? Uh, no, awxr.com is the website. Um, so that's the hub for all these things that people can that's, do. That should be kind of the, the entry point. Um, we, we will add, uh, I mean, the, the idea is to, like I said, you know, to accommodate different audiences as they try to either enter this world or just learn more, go deeper. Uh, so we're kind of trying to, uh, to provide this content in a way that is uh, geared for, you know, creators, developers, startups, investors, and all these other audiences that, uh, that we see kind of joining this industry. Uh, well, it'll be great to reconnect in seven weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing you and everyone else in the real. So that's our show, uh, Ori. Uh, thank you again for coming. Uh, I, you know, you and I used to see each other all the time, especially when we were both in New York. So yeah. I, I have to say, it's great to see you virtually. Uh, it's a small taste of things to come. Should we offer a, a discount to your listeners for AWE? Sure, sure. I'm sure that uh, there are probably many uh, people who are listening who are planning to attend the show. Fantastic. So uh, I'm glad to introduce a 20% discount to uh, podcast listeners here. Uh, it's AWE USA 21, 20 off. Uh, and I'll be happy to share the, the code. Well, the we have very few listeners actually on YouTube. 
Um, but uh, AWE USA 20, uh, 20, 21, 21, 20 off. 21 20 off. Got it. AWE USA 21 20 off. And by the way, there's still time to, uh, you know, submit. Uh, to, to uh, as a startup, to the startup pitch competition, to the, the Augie Awards, still a few more days left. So check out the website, see if uh, you want to join in some way. And, and vote on the Augie Awards. Absolutely. All right. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thanks very much, guys. It's been awesome to be here. Thank you. Thank you.